tongue. Thank you for that. All right, let's turn our Bibles this evening to the book of Joshua, chapter 6. And we'll, uh, we'll start there. If you have your Bible handy, we'll turn to different places this evening. It's been a good day. We had a number of our ministries meeting after the morning service as well, just a good time of fellowship. We had the connection team just uh, talking through what's coming up and just a good time there, a good, good time of testimony as well from some um, in that. And then the, the kids' ministry this afternoon had a, had a training session and all of that and a good time there. And um, just, uh, just been a good day in the, in, the, in the house of the Lord, just uh, fellowshipping a little bit uh, around um, just our labors for the Lord. It's a good thing. And uh, just uh, tonight we're going to talk a little bit about um, just something that just I noticed in, in, uh, in the life of Israel here in really the, the beginnings of their settling into, um, into the promised land. And uh, someone once said that timing is everything. And you know, when it comes to the Christian life and really life in general, it's not always the what, it's the when. And, you know, there's many things that we can do that are good things, but sometimes it's not a matter of them being good things or not. It's about doing the right things and the good things in the right time. And the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, uh, verse 1, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. And you know how there's, there's just people with good timing. There's some who have good comedic timing. Um, this afternoon, uh, we just having a great time there with our kids' workers and, and uh, the gears used an illustration about how to work with children, how it's all about working together. And so Jaden was our model child for the, for the day, and so they, he came up and he had to sit on a seat and and, you know, uh, Brother Gear pretended he was really heavy. And he said, oh, I can't pick him up. And so, can, can I have someone else? Uh, I think it was Brother Mark came out, Mark Deering. And he, sa- he said, can you help me? And the, the two of them are asking or were pretending he was really heavy and couldn't lift him. And then a third person came. And, uh, and Brother Gear said, oh, Jaden, why are you so heavy? And he yells out, vegetables. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that would make his mother proud, all right? But he's just... There's just some, some, they just have great comedic timing, all right? And just somehow God, God blessed my son that way. And, um, and, and it's, you know, some, some who aren't very blessed that way. And just, just so, you know, say things in the wrong time and, and it could be a good thing. It's like the, you know, the typical sometimes in, in Baptist circles, we get a little bit fired up and we keep saying amen and amen. And you know how sometimes it's the, that, that one time when you say amen and it's a negative comment by the pastor and it's like, that's an awkward time to say amen. All right, and, and timing is everything at times. And, and it's like that in our lives. You know, God might reveal some things and, and show us some things and over the course of trying to decide, it's not about the what, it's about the when. And no doubt, uh, perhaps in your own lives, you've, you've thought about when to do things, you know, we're looking at the, the, just the, in the last couple of months, just thinking about just the fact that we're here, we're, we've moved, uh, it's really been just over 18 months now, and just thinking about that whole process, and you know, even there was a lot of uns- to move, and, and during that whole, uh, whole time of, of COVID, it, there was a lot of uncertainty, the, 
the, the fact was that the, the borders were, there was all of these rumors whether they were going to close or not. And just remember praying through that. We knew and we were very certain, of course, that God had called us here. But it was a matter of when, even in that micro moment of a, f- a few months. You, you, we think about often now considering the housing market here, how much better it would have been if we moved earlier. But then, you know, that's, if we moved way earlier, we would have been out of God's will, Right? Because we were called over there, and then we were called then. It's not a matter of what, it's when sometimes. And, and there's things that I think we, we can glean from just the life of, of, um, of the, the nation of Israel, in particular, Achan, that we can just sort of talk through about that. And, and it, you know, it is a matter of timing at times. And we understand that God builds into the fabric of his will just the when. And, and you know, it's very human to, to be bound by time. You understand God's not bound by time, right? For, for him, it's always a good time for God. And for us, we look at it linear, in a linear way, and so we, we sometimes have to understand when. And, and God builds that into the fabric of things. He, again, he says there in Ecclesiastes, there, there's a, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. And so, again, it's not just about the right way or the right thing. It's about the right time. And we're going to really just understand that in all of that, it comes down to just being sensitive to the, to the Word of God and the Spirit of God and understanding then some of the things that, that He would have for us. And I'm going to take it for granted a little bit this evening that you do want to follow God. I'm going to take it for granted a little bit this evening that you do want to get it right. And it's not just about doing whatever comes to mind, but it's about understanding what God wants and when. And so look at with me in, in Joshua chapter 6. Let's begin there. And notice verse 17. And the city shall be accursed, even it, and all that therein to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. So... What city are we talking about? Jericho. And ye in any wise, notice what he says, keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest you make yourselves accursed when you take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel accursed and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. And so there was an instruction given there to Joshua and then in turn to the army that was going to besiege Jericho, that there were things that they were not to touch. They weren't to take of it. Um, Now, turn with me then what happens, you know, a little bit of the story. Look at chapter 7. And so they they do what they do there in in Jericho, but the children of Israel committed a trespass in verse 1 in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth Haven on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. And, and what happened was uh, Achan, one of the soldiers, he took of the accursed thing. He, he took of the gold and the silver and the Babylonish garment, and we know the story, they get defeated soundly by this little city, Ai. 
But I want you to notice uh, something here that happens. Look at chapter 8. So Achan pays for that. It was sin because he had taken something. But notice what happens in chapter 8. And the Lord said unto Joshua, verse 1, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee, and arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given into thine hand the king of Ai, and his people, and his city, and his land. And thou shalt do to Ai and her king as thou didst unto Jericho and her king. But notice this, only the spoil thereof, and the cattle thereof, shall ye take for a prey unto yourselves. Lay thee an ambush for the city behind it. So, so in, the, in, the, in the thing of Jericho, God told them don't. But in the thing of Ai, part two, the second time they had to besiege it, he says, take it. And, and you know, um, you think about if Achan was, was able to now reflect, you think about that he was one battle away from doing what was on his heart anyway. <laughs> and sometimes it is, it's a matter of when. And, and the sin there of Achan was he disobeyed. But actually, the, the, the actual act of it, that wasn't really what God was judging. It was the disobedience. And Achan, along with the rest of the Israelite army, they were given an instruction not to take of any of the spoil in Jericho. And, and no doubt, maybe in his mind, he heard the stories where, uh, as they were coming out of Egypt, God did tell, tell his people, didn't he? He said, spoil the Egyptians. He said, take, you know, you're, you're leaving, take all that you can. He had a purpose in that. So maybe in that, he, he had that thought in his mind. But in this very thing, he said, don't take anything. And, and so um, uh, the, the point of, this, of that is this. Sometimes the right timing and just being in time with God means that we wait until God tells us to take what he says to withhold from. You know, in one instance, he says withhold. But then in the next instance, he says take. And I think sometimes God allows us something to be appropriately taken when it's the right time. And again, if you notice in our example here, Achan was told to withhold, and then later soldiers like himself were, taken, were told to take of the spoils. And if Achan just waited a little longer, in fact, one battle more, then one, they wouldn't have suffered the defeat. But then secondly, he would, have been, he would have taken what was already desirous in his heart. <laughs> and it's like that in the Christian life. Sometimes we can apply this and sometimes in marriage. You know, the Bible tells us marriage is a good thing. The Bible tells us there's, there's certain things in marriage that is only for married people. And part of that is intimacy, that physical intimacy that... that married couples can enjoy, but that's only for marriage. And, and you know, there's, there's young people in, in our pressurized society that, you know, that, that just talks about just, just taking things for yourself in that regard. And we live in a very immoral world when it comes to sexual purity. And it's just, it's become just this, this thing that is so casual and, and it's just... And yet the Bible tells us that you're to withhold. And you know, I'd often tell young people who are considering that, they're dating and so forth, you know, it's a good thing for you to withhold because one day the very, the very people that tell you to, tells you to withhold 
in marriage will tell you to partake. <laughs> and there's a blessing of that. And we understand there that, that God has a, has a place of that. And, and 1 Corinthians 7, 1-2, the Bible tells us, Now concerning things whereof ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. And, and we understand the Bible tells us in Hebrews 13, 4, Marriage is honorable in all things, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. And, and God's saying there's a certain time for it, and it's not before marriage. It's after marriage. It's, this, it's the blessing. God, God has allowed that, that, that drive and desire. And so it's not really the desire that is, that is wrong. It's, the, it's, it's about applying it at the right time. And so he's saying that in marriage, it's like that. And I'm telling you, young people, the same people that tell you to withhold will be the same people that will bless you later and say, you know, it's the right time. It's a good time. And you think about even what they had experienced there at, the, at Jericho right, right there. There was a, a lot of withholding that they had to do. You think about the, the, the battle plan for Jericho. You know, what I notice when, when men are aggressive, you know, they're in a fight. There's usually there's a bit of that, that out, that, 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 you know, that, that inward that you just want to let out, right? You know, when guys play sport, and they get into a bit of a physical, there's a bit of that aggression that comes out. And imagine soldiers who are about to fight a battle, and do you tell them the very opposite thing that they're supposed to do? He's saying, be quiet. <laughs> Hold your peace. Be silent. And they, remember, they marched around. And they marched around, and, and they had to withhold their shout. And a shout is a natural expression of aggression in warfare or conflict. But when God said to do so, they had to do it with all their vigor and might. And that's what I'm saying, that, that sometimes we, we, we don't wait on God's timing on things when, when actually it's for, for His glory and for His purpose in it. And sometimes doing what comes naturally, it's got to be paired with, with, with the, the, the discipline and the right timing of things. It's not just about going out there and fulfilling your desire and fulfilling those things, you've got to pair it with that discipline of doing it in the right time. Of, of when God says withhold, you better withhold until it's the right time. And I'm saying if Achan had merely waited and resisted his natural inclinations, you know what? He would have saved himself. He would have saved his family. He would have saved his tribe. And he would have saved all those men who died in that battle in Ai. And there's many who just with, with this heartache in their life because simply they didn't withhold when God said withhold. They paid a price. They, they paid something that it, just, it was just a matter of timing. It was a matter of saving themselves for the right time. And so we see firstly that when it comes to the right thing or just, the, just doing the right timing in God's time, we just wait until God tells us to take what he says to withhold. But then notice, secondly here, look at, again, look at Joshua chapter 8. And notice what he says in verse 2. And thou shalt do to Ai and her king, as thou didst unto Jericho and her king. It was the same goal, victory, right? 
But, he says, only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof shall you take for a prey unto yourselves. Lay thee in ambush for the city behind it. And sometimes it's just this. It's just understanding what appropriate actions are to take for the circumstance. That's how you just decide if it's the right time or not. It's just understanding if it's appropriate action for the circumstance. And, you know, I think Moses went through this a little bit. Look at Exodus chapter 17. Look at Exodus chapter 17. And have your, your Bible handy. We'll turn a little bit more. Look at Exodus chapter 17. They're now well into their journey. And from time to time, there was the complaint of the people. They didn't have water. They didn't have those basic things. And so God did some things to, to bring deliverance and, 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 and to provide for those needs despite the fact that the people were in, in, in complaint. And here's the first time in Exodus 17, and look at verse 1, And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after the journeys according to the commandments of the Lord and pitched in Rephidim. And there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water, and the people murmured against Moses and and said, Wherefore is this, that, is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto this people? They be almost ready to stone me. They were all thirsty. They were complaining. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people and take with thee of the elders of Israel and thy rod wherewith thou smotest the river. Take in thine hand and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And we know the story, the water comes out of the rock. So he, 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 he smites it, he strikes the rock, and water comes out. And then later on, look at Numbers chapter 20. Look at Numbers chapter 20. And notice verse 7, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, so similar situation, they were complaining about the fact that they had no water. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. And it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. So thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels. Man, Moses was a little bit more mad this time, wasn't he? He says, Must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smoked the rock, the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. So water still came out. But you know what it cost Moses, right? He cost him the promised land. Well, God told him the first time to, to smite it. Now he's saying, speak to it. And you know what? Moses, in his frustration, by the way, it's hard to obey God in your frustration. And Moses, out of his frustration, chose the inappropriate action for the circumstance. It was inappropriate. And often the right action really simply is obedience to God's command. That's always appropriate, by the way. You know, it's, 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 by the way, it's never a good time to disobey God. 
So, so you'll always get the timing wrong there if you just choose to disobey. Because yeah, Moses was plainly told and, and Achan was plainly told, don't do it. And so what happens, again, is, is that's always inappropriate. But choosing the right, the, the right thing to do in the right time often just means choosing the appropriate action for the circumstance. But often the appropriate action is, uh, is about just this, actioning wisdom. Just having some wisdom about it. And I'm glad that the Bible is full of wisdom. The Bible tells us that wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. And God tells us that we, we ought to have wisdom about things. And I think about what he says in Job chapter 28. If you quickly turn there with me. Job chapter 28. And notice verse 9. He putteth forth his hand upon the rock. He overturneth the mountains by the roots. He cutteth out rivers among the rocks, and his eye seeth every precious thing. He bindeth the floods from overflowing, and the thing that is hid bringeth he forth to light. But where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man knoweth not the price thereof. Neither is it found in the land of the living. The death saith it is not in me, and the sea saith it is not with me. It cannot be gotten for gold, neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. You skip down, look at verse 20. It says, Whence then cometh wisdom? And where is the place of understanding, seeing it is hid from the eyes of all living and kept close from the fowls of the air? Destruction and death say we have heard the frame thereof with our ears. And here God understandeth the way thereof, and he knoweth the place thereof. For he looketh to the ends of the earth, and seeth under the whole heaven to make the weight for the winds, and he weigheth the waters by measure. You notice that whole exchange. He was asking, where can I find wisdom, basically? And he concludes, God understands it. God understands the way. And so often we just have to, in those times where we're just trying to figure out, is this the right time for the, and the right action? It's just about actioning wisdom. It's about understanding, getting to God and getting that, that banking up that wisdom and banking up those things that, that God has in store and, and allowing His guiding voice and guiding hand to just tell us. You know, often we act in a way that may, may have been appro- uh, appropriate for another occasion, but not in this occasion. You know, it's, it's the, the thing in Proverbs 26, verses 4 and 5. You ever thought about those? He says, Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou also be like unto him. The very next verse, he says, answer full according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. There's a bit of a nuance there. But, but what that is, that, that, that just simply illustrates for us, the book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom. The whole Bible is full of wisdom. It's, it's the book of God. It's his mind. And it's, it's, having an appropriate action is sometimes just actioning wisdom. And often the appropriate action... It just simply comes by, by considering the consequence. You know, for, for Moses, he didn't consider the consequence of his inappropriate action. For, for Achan, he didn't consider the price he would have had to pay for that. You know, often when we take action and, and we, we deem it to be the right action, but we don't consider if it's the right timing, Often what we do is we don't, we don't consider what the consequence of that will be. 
And you know, everything has a consequence. It's either good or bad. It's either going to take this or that. And yet the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes 7, 8, better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. It says, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. And sometimes it just takes a little bit of patience to understand and to maybe make better conclusions or to, to get further counsel. By the way, that's a wise thing to do is to get good counsel. And so sometimes it's about that. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 18, 13, he that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. And understanding the consequences, understanding what, what, what are some things that, that will be the implications of this decision. And if I do this now, as opposed to later, if I do this now, and it might be the right thing, and, and, and as opposed to maybe waiting a little bit more, then what will happen? And, you know, I, I actually think Achan knew the consequence. And what he should have done, he should have taken heed to it. He, he probably didn't realize how much more of a consequence it would be. But, you know, it was too late. It cost a lot. And so sometimes it's just about understanding that we can choose the appropriate action for the circumstance. And then the last thing is really sometimes the right timing just simply means we wait for the promise or the, the desire to be accomplished and not enforce it in our own strength. Because again, very simply, it was just one battle away. It was just one more event away. Man, Achan's actions, you know, actually usually are acceptable as a reward for war. You take of the spoils. But his desire, again, it, it was appropriate in a way, but it was apart from the instruction that, was he, that he was given. And so he was told to withhold. And, you know, our desires have to be subject to God's leading. I think sometimes our desires just get in the way and we try to make it. We try to fulfill it. And again, Moses is a great example of that. Remember what happened with Moses. Look at Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2. We, we saw him in the wilderness. He had come through and, you know, it had cost him that inappropriate action in the time, cost him the promised land. But, you know, it, Moses also it made a decision that cost him years. And in Exodus chapter 2, Verse 11, it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens and he spied an Egyptian smiting in Hebrew one of his brethren. And, and remember God had, had in his, in his uh, sovereignty allowed Moses to be rescued from, from the destruction of all the other Hebrew children and he grew up in the, in the, in the palace of the, of the Pharaoh there. But then also supernaturally God just gave, gave his own mother for him to be the, the, for her to be the nursemaid to him growing up. So no doubt he was given the instruction of, of really God had a special place for him and he had that in mind and so he comes and he knows that he's going to be somewhat the rescuer and the redeemer of Israel and he takes this in his own time though. He looked this way and that way. You could almost see him coming in around the corner. <laughs> and he comes around and you know the story. He, he takes and he kills this Egyptian what happens? He gets found out and he runs away into the wilderness. It costs him years, didn't it? And, and you know, um, he took matters into his own hands. 
he took it in his own strength. He tried to fulfill his own promise and desire in his own strength. And we see this over and over again in, in, other, in other stories. We think about Abraham, who was given the promise of a son. And what did he do? He took on Hagar, who birthed Ishmael. And you know the story because of Ishmael, there's all of that warfare, really even now in the Middle East, isn't it? And there's all of that and all because Abraham didn't wait on God's timing. He tried to fulfill the promise himself. He tried to fulfill the desire himself. And this even happened uh, really in the life of, of the nation of Israel during Jesus' time. Look at John chapter 6. Look at John chapter 6. And notice verse 14. So he, he feeds them. He... he multiplies the bread and the fishes. And so the response of the people here in verse 14, then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. And notice what Jesus perceives in verse 15. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. You know, it's, it's just like a politician's handbook here. How do you get the vote? You, you get all of the bread out, right? And, and that wasn't Jesus' intent, but they were that impressed with the, the fragments of the bread. They were well fed. And so their response was, whoa, let's make this guy the king, right? He must be. And you remember the Jewish mindset in the time was that it was going to be this, this earthly kingdom that... that their Messiah was going to establish. They didn't understand the first advent, that it was actually salvation to all that was going to be brought. And so they were still in that mindset of, oh, I'm going to, we want a kingdom formed. But Jesus understood his mission. And, and you know, sometimes what we do with, with God is we try to force his hand to make things happen in our lives. There might be good things. And, and by the way, we know Jesus is king, right? That was his rightful place. But it wasn't the right time. He wasn't going to even, even God himself wasn't going to force, it wasn't going to allow man's hand to force him into the timing that he wants. And you know, sometimes we bring some, a, a right desire, a, a good promise to God, and we demand that he makes it happen right now. We can force our hand and try to maybe manipulate and manufacture in our own head a plan for that to happen, but it's not God, it's us. And what happens? We've forced God's hand, and he, he just won't happen. It doesn't happen that way. You know, I think about, I think about uh, you know, the, the, just, just, again, just the right desires that we have. And, and we know later on in, um, later on, we know that Jesus will be crowned king. We, we know that, uh, as we read earlier today, that he goes through that triumphal uh, entry and they, they somehow they, they give him the praises, but ultimately they reject him. And that was all part of just the, the, the first advent. It was meant to be rejected. And because of that, then we have salvation as we, we know it today. But I'll tell you now that one day he will sit on the throne with a crown. Right? But it's his time. And it's his timing. 
And we, we can't force God, and we ought not, it's unadvisable for us to force God's hand, even if it's the right promise and the right desire. And when we do things out of step with God's timing, even when it's good and right, we hinder God's work being fully accomplished. You know, that's why there's a warning, laying no hand on any man suddenly. You know, I've met a lot of young men and, and, and men in general who just have a desire for ministry. And they, they, they want to serve God and they feel very much led to uh, some sort of preaching ministry. And, and yet, sometimes they go, out of, they go out of God's timing of things. They go when they're not ready. They go without the recognition of the church at large to see their gifting and, you know, missionaries being sent out as novices and pastors who, you know, just, just are, are, they're not ready. They're novices. And I, I mentioned the, the family that this morning in my illustration, and this was a, this was a great couple. They, they, they were a couple who had a great, great testimony in the church. But over and over, there was a recognition that this wasn't God's time until it was the right time and it was the right generation that they were going to reach. And yet, I've also seen at times missionaries who were sent without any kind of grounding, without any kind of really just recognition from the church that they were gifted and that they had the fruit and the, they were proven and they go out and there's just a disaster. And you know who... who Who's hurt? Who gets hurt by that? It's it's the work of God that gets hurt. Why? Because God's timing. It was the right thing. It was the the promise was there, and in fact, many times there's no doubt of the calling. It's just a matter of when. And and often circumventing God's authority structure is is how we can tell. And God has some authority structures, and and God has a has those checks and balances that God gives. And, you know, I heard about a missionary who went through a great deal of chastening because they, they forced their way to being sent, right? They, they just, they went against the, the, uh, the counsel of the pastor and some of the, the, the men in the church, and they went anyway. And I'll tell you what, just hearing that man's story, some of the things he's gone through, I think about that and I go, you know, if you only waited... If you only understood that if you circumvent God's way, you're going to get chastening. And what we need to do is we need to allow in our lives, we need to just be surrendered to God's timing and wait patiently for Him to orchestrate the performance of it. And last place we'll turn to look at Acts chapter 16. Verse 1, because the ultimate authority in our lives is God himself, right? And the Holy Spirit can, can often lead us. But you know what? Um, how he often leads us at times is a no. And here, in, even in the life of the Apostle Paul in verse 1, Then came he to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman which was a Jewess and believed that, but his father was a Greek, which was well reported by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium, him would Paul have to go forth with, with him 
and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters. So he meets Timothy, God's equipping him, and as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. So all of these things were happening, and, and Paul certainly was seeking for God to lead him into the next field. Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia, and notice this, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. You know, do you, do you only listen to the voice of God when he says yes? Or do we accept it when he says no? Do we accept it just as much or do we keep pressing and pressing? And we understand Paul then seeks God for further clarification and they passing by Mysia came down to Troas and a vision appeared to Paul. There was something else. There was another field. And here very vividly there's this, this, this understanding that he was meant to then go from Philippi to the chief, the chief city of that part of Macedonia. And yet his desire was this. He wanted to preach the gospel, a good thing, in Asia. He, he wanted to go there, but the Holy Ghost forbid him. Do we, do we have the understanding tonight that the Holy Ghost is God himself, right? So he can witness in our heart and he can tell us no as many times as he likes. And it's about placing ourselves under his leadership and placing ourselves in his timing. And we know that all of these churches in Asia Minor get started later on. It just wasn't time. And, and he allowed God to tell him no. He didn't force the issue. He waited until God allowed something to happen. And you know, our good intentions will never be an excuse for bad decisions. And, and what, what we need to do is just wait on the Lord. And, you know, even good desires need to be subject to his timing and his will. Timing is everything. And we need to wait patiently on the Lord and be sensitive to his instructions for us moment by moment, day by day. And it's about aligning ourselves to his timing and his plan. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for... Just a time tonight, thank you, dear God, for your goodness and grace upon our lives to, to Lord, lead and guide us, Lord. There's times where we come to a decision point where we feel like in the, in the moment there's an urgency. And, and yet, Lord, sometimes the, the simple instruction is just to wait. Lord, to wait patiently and to do what we're, what we're commanded to, to do what is clear to us from your word and by your spirit. And I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to just discern that as we go about our week, and Lord, as we make decisions for you that are right, I pray, Lord, that even in that, we'd, we'd, we'd allow ourselves to be subject to you. And so we love you, Lord. We thank you. We, we pray for your blessing upon the week, and we pray and ask these things in Christ's most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen.